Welcome to SPS Talk, a podcast designed for solutions for patient safety physicians and other leaders. I'm Ann Lyron, the Clinical Director of the Solutions for Patient Safety, and I'm joined today by Dr. Dan Hyman. Dan is the Chief Medical and Patient Safety Officer of Children's Hospital Colorado. He's also served as the co-chair of the Measurement Committee and a member of the Clinical Steering Team of SPS. Welcome, Dan. Thanks so much, Ann. Thanks for this opportunity. So hi, this is Dan Hyman, and I'm happy to be sharing some thoughts with the SPS network on the role of our hospital's medical staffs in promoting and helping your incident reporting systems to be even more effective than they currently are. Let me start by sharing a safety story, just as we do at the beginning of most of our meetings here at Children's Hospital Colorado. A physician was preparing to perform a procedure on one of her patients. As part of her time out, she asked to see the patient's identification band, and the mother informed the physician that the band was attached to her daughter's stroller. The physician went to the stroller where she found that there were actually multiple ID bands from prior visits that the family was saving on the stroller handle. The physician and the nurse found the correct ID band for that visit and then were able to educate the family about the importance of having the correct wristband actually on the patient's arm. The physician also took the time and submitted an incident report, which we call QSRS here at Children's Colorado for Quality and Safety Reporting System, in order to alert others of the apparently common practice of putting wristbands on car seats, strollers, and all sorts of other places instead of on the patient, and we use that story to educate others in the organization. If your hospital is anything like ours, the vast majority of incident reports are entered by nursing staff. Here at Children's Colorado over the past year, providers entered only approximately 4% of all our QSRS reports. We get roughly 1,250 incident reports each month, and approximately 50 are from attending physician staff. The top three reporting departments were anesthesia, 20%, emergency medicine, 12%, and neurology, 7%. In addition, our residents submitted 4% of the incident reports, so in total, medical staff report about 8% of our incidents. Two things to note about these results. First, our residents participate in a quality incentive program that encourages them to enter incidents into the reporting system, and that has really increased their reporting over the last three years. Second, our anesthesia department has made a concerted effort, starting several years ago, to increase their own reporting and have made their reporting template specific to their needs. Their leaders have even more importantly created a culture where providers feel safer to report than they had in the past, and in addition, the anesthesiologists see changes happening in other areas, most notably the pharmacy, based upon their reports, and that has helped to change their culture. While there are likely many situations where errors or near misses occur and nursing staff, pharmacists, or others recognize the issue and report it, there are without doubt many situations where medical staff members recognize a problem that may not be apparent to other team members. One of our anesthesiologists recently reported that stocking of certain drugs in the omnicell was causing the possibility of mixing up drug concentrations, and as a result, the pharmacy made changes in the labeling and storage of those medications. There are a number of reasons that people, including but not only medical staff members, don't report. The most common explanation is the time that it takes to enter a report, and we are continuously trying to shorten that time. In fact, staff can now link into our QSRS system directly from a patient's electronic medical record, which saves time because then the demographic information is automatically entered. 
Currently, it takes about five minutes for our residents to report in QSRS on average, and slightly longer than that for other staff members. The residents are always faster. The other issue that discourages reporting is the lack of follow-up when incidents are reported. Each of you has an opportunity to be a champion for people to report despite these issues, while also partnering with your patient safety or risk teams that manage your incident system to make reporting first as easy as possible and second to encourage more consistent follow-up. Each of you has the opportunity to encourage more active use of your incident reporting system. For those of you working in teaching hospitals, making it a part of rounds each day to ask if there were any adverse events or near misses that could have caused harm over the previous day. You'll be surprised how often a team member will say, oh, yes, this thing happened. By asking the question, you will, you will be promoting the importance of the incident reporting system, and particularly with near-miss events, increasing the likelihood of issues being brought to the attention of the safety and risk teams before that latent risk in the system can cause harm to a patient. We always have the opportunity to rethink the way that we do the things that we do, and I would encourage you to test setting a goal for yourself and your resident teams to increase the number of incident reports you file. If you don't know how to report in your system or who manages your system, reach out to your patient safety or risk management team, and they will certainly be able to help. Thanks a lot for listening, and feel free to let me know if you have any questions or comments about this podcast. Thank you. 